0: On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, we attempt to answer the question: where the hell will the Raptors rank on both offense and defense in the 2023-24 NBA season? I'm very bullish on the defense, less so with the offense, but it could it net out to something positive? We'll get into all that on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Oh, like, because when I shot I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of mess. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Friday, October the 13th. Spooky! Uh, I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now, going on 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, you can join the Locked On Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description of the podcast, both on audio and on video. If you want to come hang out with over 200 friends, freaks just like you who can't get enough talking Raptors ball the discord is going to be a great place to be throughout the entirety of the upcoming NBA season would love to see you in there Uh, also you can find the show for free on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube as always please hit the big fat red button I think it's black now maybe on YouTube whatever the color of the button is press it and you will be subscribed and you will get notifications whenever the show goes live Uh, and that is a great thing you never miss an episode of course we are here every single day day and a big thanks to our everydayers for checking us out and rocking with us all through each and every week today's show is brought to you by fanduel sportsbook official sportsbook of locked on make every moment more new customers can bet five dollars and get 200 bonus bets guaranteed visit fanduel.com locked on to get started all right on today's show yesterday we kind of did a little where will they rank within the confines of the toronto raptors where are all the various players rank in terms of all the box score counting stats etc today we're going big picture we're going to look at where the raptors might rank within the league on offense and defense and when it comes to net rating as well and like a caveat before we do all of this, this is extremely hard to predict. Of course, we can do our best to infer what the Raptors might do from the players they have, from the strengths that they have, to uh, you know their recent performance and things they've done in the past. It's really difficult to predict how the rest of the league is going to take shape. There are teams that surprise with offenses and defense all the bloody time, and so... I'm just gonna do my darn best here please don't hold me to these predictions but if they're right of course i want you to please congratulate me at the end of the season for being so so right uh with that we're gonna dig into the offense coming up we'll dig into the overall net rating but i want to start with the thing that has me the most excited about this Raptors team, and it is the defense. I've been talking about this for a little while now. I am very, very bullish on what this Raptors team can do on the defensive end of this year, you know, just with some subtle tweaks, maybe not so subtle tweaks from what they did under Nick Nurse. You know, you factor in the personnel they have. I kind of think As a roster, this is one of the most defensively talented rosters in the NBA. You know, of their projected top 11 players, I think you'd say maybe two are negative defenders, Grady Dick and Gary Trent Jr. And, you know, five of their top six players are plus defenders. I I think there is, I mean, I guess Scotty Barnes kind of is a bit of a wild card here, considering his up and down track record through two seasons. But I'm also, as we'll get to, quite bullish on his defense as well. And with that, with some you know regression to the mean you know as far as some things that didn't go the raptors way last season and just with like i think a healthier defensive system i think this raptors team can be really really good on defense we'll get into my prediction i'm gonna build to it there's a spoiler i don't want to get to it like all the way at the very end we're gonna have you sort of stick through the segment before i give my hard and fast prediction but I do think based on what happened last season, based on the players in tow, based on the changes of the scheme, this team has a chance to really, really rock on defense and give the team a pretty high floor for what it can do as a regular season squad. So let's just kind of look back at last year. Obviously, it's kind of a tale of two seasons with the Raptors, the pre-Jakob Pertl Raptors and the post-Jakob Purtle Raptors, where they were a much more sensible basketball team with Yak on the roster, both on offense and on defense. They scaled back some of the aggression and just trusted in the seven-foot rim protector, that is, Yakob Purtle, to clean up a lot of their messes, whereas I think before... Their defense created many messes, and we'll get into why they had to do that as it relates to the offense, Um, but I I think they didn't quite have someone to do that mop-up duty on the back end when things kind of slipped through the ultra-aggressive scheme that they were running, and Jakob allowed them to play a little bit more chill, a little bit less sort of send two to the ball and, you know, trust in your massive length and distance covering to go contest open threes, Uh, you know, it didn't work out for them well last year. You couple that with some bad luck on the defensive end and the sort of not very good shot profile they allowed and you know i think it's honestly a wonder this team ended up finishing as high as it did on defense they finished 11th per nba.com on defense last season they were sixth after the yak trade uh on cleaning the glass they were 14th on defense and ninth on cleaning the glass after the yak trade so some slight variations there but similar idea they got better on defense and moved up the charts with yak there Um, they were also victims of bad shooting luck for a lot of last season. And yes, some of that bad shooting luck was kind of invited into the house by them themselves, just because of the number of corner threes they were offering up. Um, but if you look at it, you know, this was a objectively bad shooting luck season for the Raptors. They were bottom three in three-point field goal percentage allowed. And this is not something that has much carryover from year to year. If you go through the Nick Nurse era, going back to 2019-20, you know, that team was number one in three-point field goal percentage allowed. Uh, you know, they were 26th in the Tampa season. They were 18th in the year they went 48-34 and 34 and made the fifth seed. And then last year they were 29th in opposing 3 point percentage allowed. That is really bad, but it's not something I think you can bank on happening once again, especially when you consider that the shot profile the Raptors figure to be allowing this coming season with Darko Rajakovic in, in in charge is probably going to be a little less conducive to teams getting a million open corner threes to help balloon their overall three-point shooting percentage. Um, you know, we've, we've heard Darko talk about it. I asked him about it on media day. He wants to prioritize limiting paint touches and corner threes, which is more or less diametrically opposed to what the Raptors did on defense last season. Per cleaning the glass, they were 23rd in rim attempts allowed last season and 29th in corner threes allowed as a percentage of field goal attempts You know, that's not good. That is inviting teams to take the most valuable shots on the floor and daring them to miss, and they came up on the wrong side of those dares more often than not. Conversely, they were number two in limiting mid- long mid range attempts, which sounds, oh, number two, that's great. No, that's bad actually, because they were taking, the opposing team was taking fewer of the shots that you want teams to be forced into taking. You want to force teams to take 18 footers in lieu of corner threes and shots at the rim. You know, you look at the teams that were the best at forcing teams into the long long mid-range jumpers last season, it was Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly, all incredible, impenetrable defenses, and that, I think, is a big telltale sign of a defense with kind of a good structure and a good sort of base set of principles that I just don't think the Raptors' defense really had last season when you throw in all the factors, including, you know, the fact that they you know, kind of were forced to play this aggressive style to feed their offense, which wasn't very good. They were forced to play this extremely taxing style of defense with seven or eight players on any given night. That's exhausting. You can't sustain that over the course of 82 games. You know, I just think making this a more conservative scheme where you trust in Jakob Pertl to be a drop big for you and you, you know, kind of have a bit more of a, 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 a wall against penetration, I think that's going to lead to just a way more healthy shot diet that the Raptors are going to allow. And that in turn is going to, you know, see that defensive rating tick back up. You know, to me, this Darko defense feels like we haven't seen it really. We saw it for one game, you know, we're not sure. Um, You know, he's talked about not switching so much. He's talked about, again, the paint touches and corner threes, like all stuff you want to hear when you're thinking about a defense, we got to see it in practice. But to me, It feels like the defense for this year's team is going to be more tailored to the defensive strengths on the floor for the the members of the roster. Whereas I think Nurse's defense last year was more tailored to the offensive deficiencies of his roster and not so much the defensive strengths. You know, I, I think... There's so many good individual defenders on this Raptors team. It would have been nice to see them just kind of guard straight up once in a while last year or more often than they did, but because they needed to kind of fuel their offense with these sort of manufactured steals and turnovers, I think you ended up kind of losing the plot and you kind of unspooled the defense quite a bit and didn't allow the players on the team to do the stuff they do best on defense. And so that's going to be big. You know, you got to look at who they got to jump here, right? You know, obviously there are teams that need to do better than if they're going to jump up in the defensive standings from 11th last season. Um, You know, teams ahead of them, the Wolves, the Heat, the Sixers, the Suns, the Pelicans, um, the Bulls, like they're going to have to jump all those teams if they want to get into that top five range. You know, Milwaukee, they were number four last year. I don't think they're going to have the same defensive juice without Drew Holiday. I think they're going to be more tilted towards offense, which will surely lead to many, many wins. But just in terms of the defensive rankings, maybe they take a little bit of a slight plummet there. Um, you know, the three teams at the top, Memphis, Boston, Cleveland, I kind of expect they're all just going to be awesome on defense again. Those are teams with defensive player of the year candidates up and down. Um, Boston's obviously got all the switchable wings and the incredible guard defense of Derek White and Drew Holiday. Um, you know, those are going to be really, really good defensive teams. Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Al Horford back at the rim. Like they're going to be hard to score on in Boston. Memphis has Jaron Jackson Jr. We know he's just like a one man wrecking crew defensively. They're huge when they roll him and Steven Adams together. And we know Cleveland has that sort of dueling, uh, volleyball blockers at the rim in Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Those teams feel pretty ironclad as like, they're going to be top five defenses after that. You know, the Wolves, I think they have a ton of defensive talent. They also have some weak spots to pick at. Mike Conley Jr. and Carl anthony Towns, more so than the Raptors have in their sort of core rotation guys. We'll see about the heat. I'm fascinated by the heat. If Tyler Heroes playing a ton and 37-year-old Kyle Lowry's playing a ton, I think there could be some defensive decay on their end. The Sixers, you know, Joel Embiid himself is a very good defense just walking on the floor, but how does that all work? Ultimately, though... I think the Raptors have the juice to make a jump up the defensive standings pretty significantly this year. I think the ultimate talent on the roster is very real, is very good. And so for me, kind of considering all we've run through here, I'm picking the Raptors to finish fifth on defense. I think this is going to be a top five defense. I think this is going to be a defense that really powers the success of this team. And I'm very bullish on it. Um, you know, I-, I just think I'm excited to watch it all. Look, Scotty Barnes is a big swing factor here. I think he needs to kind of level up defensively in a way that I feel like I think he's going to do. Um, you know, the starting lineup, if Dennis Schroeder is in there, it's not going to be awesome on offense as we'll get to, but the defense should be fantastic. Um, and we'll put all of these guys in sort of their optimal positions to succeed. You've got Schroeder containing the ball. You've got Barnes and Siakam as sort of roving help guys who can also guard on the ball. We'll see about Barnes on ball stuff. Obviously that's been a weak spot. OG we know is OG. Yak is yak. We'll, you know, I I think this is going to be. Just a really, really nasty defensive team, even when you kind of factor in the guys off the bench, Uh, you know, Jalen McDaniels, for example, Precious Achua, Chris Boucher, these are all plus defenders, Otto Porter Jr. as well. Um, This is going to be a really good defensive team. I'm picking them to finish fifth, which is very, very exciting and a pretty good baseline to have going into the season. We'll come back on the other side, get into the offense, which I'm uh, less bullish on, which I feel like you probably already know if you're an everyday listener of the show, but we will get to why I'm a little down on it and where the Raptors might be able to kind of scrape some extra points out and why I think even though it might not be as successful an offensive season, it'll be a more fun offensive season to watch at least. We'll get into that in a sec. But first gotta tell you better friends over at FanDuel the number one sports book in all the land you gotta go check him out because right now is the perfect time to snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet that's $200 in bonus bets win or lose if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel there's no better time to get in on the action the app is super easy to use there's a wide range of betting options including spreads player props over unders and more and you can do it for every sport under the sun as well. The WNBA finals are going on right now. If you want to go put some money on the Vegas Aces pulling off the sweep on Sunday, you can go and do that. If you want to hit the over-under in that game, you can totally go do that. Take the over on Asia Wilson points, for example. She's been dominant. Go check that out. Um, Also, you know, if you're a hockey fan or a baseball fan, there's all that stuff going on right now as well. You got spreads, player props, over-unders, the whole nine yards. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL, and of the Lockdown Podcast Network. All right, we continue on here, trying to figure out where the Raptors are going to land on offense and defense and, but you know, but, but by uh, sort of association, net writing. We'll get into that in the back part of the show, but let's start digging into the offense, shall we? Look... I don't think the offense is going to be the strength of this team, even though it will probably be a thing that undergoes just as much, if not more, change than the defense. Uh, I, you know, They're going to try to play differently, and I think that's great because last year was not a pretty sight. It was very, very matchup hunting dependent. There wasn't a ton of off-ball movement or creative sort of solutions when the offense got bogged down. Things got a lot easier for sure after the Yaka Pertle trade. Um, you know, there's sort of spamming that Fred Yak pick and roll was a pretty bloody effective tool to go to. Uh, but, you know, there, there is going to be, I think, a little bit more variability in how this team plays offense, which on its own is pretty exciting. Going back to last year, 13th on NBA.com's, uh, you know, team advanced stats metric in offensive rating, 12th on Cleaning the Glass. After the Yak trade, they were actually 17th per NBA.com, 14th on Cleaning the Glass, so they dropped on both um, after the Yak and Pirtle trade, despite getting one point per possession better or so with Yak on the team you know the late part of the season every team often every team's offense kind of takes off because you know they've sort of fine tuned their schemes uh, defenses maybe careless there are tanking squads that are just kind of giving up points because that's good for their draft pick status all of that um, so yeah they dropped to 17th in offense after The act trade but the offense actually performed more effectively they just weren't as good as sort of a you know relative to the rest of the league and again this is really hard to predict really hard to sort of parse because it's all very relative and you know last year especially it's a very strange season yeah you can say oh they finished 13th it was great they were 13th on offense top half of the league that's impressive but when you consider they were also less than one point per possession out of 23rd in the league it gets a little less impressive. It was very clustered in the middle of the league last season. There were one or two sort of stinker games away from being a bottom 10 offense as all of those teams in that range were for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's a worthwhile thing to keep in mind. This, the middle of the league last year was very, very clustered probably in kind of a in an inordinate way compared to league history, though I have not gone back and checked what the rankings of the 13th through 24th teams on offense have been over the last few years. So apologies if I'm uh, broad broadly sweeping with a wrong generalization there either way they were 13th they they were also again one point per possession out of being 23rd uh it was all very clustered and there are teams that are going to be better on offense this season than they were last year I feel pretty sure of that teams like the Suns the Bucks the Thunder the Clippers the Pelicans the Lakers all finished behind the Raptors on offense last season and I would say on pure offensive talent I'm taking probably all of those teams ahead of the Raptors at full health. Of course, we can't assume full health for the Clippers or the Pelicans for sure. Um, There will be other teams that had bad offenses that rise up. I think the Pacers, for example, with another year of Tyrese Halliburton, hopefully healthy all season, the roster additions they made, um, you know, internal development for some of their guys. I would guess the Pacers probably have a better offense than the Raptors. There will be teams that jump them um, that you don't even really expect. That said, there are teams ahead of them that are probably going to fall back as well. I think like the Nets, for example, are going to have a worse offense as they kind of turn the keys entirely over to Mikal Bridges. And um, even like the Jazz, the Jazz were a top 10 offense last season. You know, does Larry Markkinen have another all-NBA season, all-NBA caliber season in him uh, where he shoots like 65% true shooting? We'll see. It's hard to do that. Very few people in history have ever done that type of thing. And so did the Jazz drop back a little bit just as... Maybe the victim of the Western Conference being so bloody good, do all of their numbers kind of get suppressed because they're just not in that upper crust of teams of, you know, the 12 competitive Western Conference squads? Um, Ultimately, I think my sort of big takeaway on the offense is it's going to be worse on a points-per-possession basis. I feel pretty confident about that, or at least where it sits within the league. I don't think they're going to be the 13th best offense in the NBA but I do think they'll be more aesthetically pleasing to watch because there will be more val- variability to it. And look, I'm also a sucker for big men who do passes, and there's going to be a lot of that in this offense. There's going to be a lot of pertle creating from the elbows. That's fun to me. I like it. I'm going to enjoy watching that more than I enjoyed last year. But like it or not, their most efficient pathways to scoring last season are being deprioritized or just aren't available to them anymore. The Fred Yak pick and roll was a cheat code it was in the 96th percentile as far as when fred and yak were on the floor together when that was their base play the raptors had a 96th percentile offensive rating 122.3 offensive rating with yakup Pertle and fred van vliet on the floor together last season that is substantial that would be the best offense in the nba by a mile that would be really really good when fred van vliet sat and yakup Pertle was on the floor which will be a big case for the Raptors this year. A lot of yak with no Fred Van Vliet or a similar style pull-up shooting threat point guard. The Raptors had 104.1 offensive rating, second percentile in the NBA. You can dislike Fred all you want. And look, I get it. There are flaws in Fred VanVleet's game. We'll get to some of them coming up in this very segment, actually, that the Raptors might be better off without having on the roster. But there is no doubt that the Fred Yak pick and roll was the easiest pathway to offense for this team last year. And that's not available to them anymore. And that's going to hurt that's going to bring their offensive efficiency down you can't just go from 122.3 to 104.1 with just one player coming off the floor and expect you're going to fix that entire gap coming into this season without fred van vliet on the roster it's just it's not possible it's really hard to figure a way they're going to do that because they don't have a traditional pick and roll ball handling point guard playing with Jakob hurtle who has a pull-up threat to his game i don't think dennis schroeder Is that type of guy. Dennis Schroeder does a lot of very good things. I'm excited to watch him play on this team, but it's a different skill set entirely than what Fred Van Vliet brought to the table, and I think there's going to be some offensive atrophy not having that sort of go-to Fred Yak pick and roll. And also, like, Fred Pascal pick and roll has historically been one of their best plays. And that leads me to Pascal as well. You know, again, like it or not, whether it's quote-unquote selfish or not, Pascal Siakam... ISOing and kind of probing and working to the middle of the floor as a heliocentric creator was one of their best pathways to reasonable offense last season. It just was. Even if it's considered selfish and ugly to watch, which at times it can be, it just was their best pathway to, okay, this possession is going nowhere. Let's see if Pascal can bail us out. And oftentimes he could. If they're deprioritizing that this season and focusing more on Scotty Barnes with the ball in his hands, uh, more as with Pascal off the ball, more with sort of elbow actions and stuff like that, it's going to be harder to have those sort of cheat code plays where you know, all right, things are breaking down here, but we know we can kind of throw it to Pascal. There will still be plenty of those possessions i'm convinced of it as was talked about on media day the ball finds the best players pascal was the best player on this team he will have to bail him out quite a bit i'm sure um, it might come as a result of more elaborate actions at the start of possessions but i still think we're going to see this team have a lot of possessions where there's lots of churn yes there's lots of ball movement but it's not necessarily leading to great shots right away and i think we could see a lot of possessions really come down to the late portions of the shot clock in which maybe pascal siakam becomes kind of a bailout guy for them which isn't a bad thing you know he's good at it he's going to have opportunities to do it but if they're flowing less of the offense through him if his his usage rate's going to be lower i think the avenue to clear efficient offense is going to be a little harder to find for the raptors at least in the half court you know they were 29th in half court offense last season do i think they'll be that bad probably not i think they're probably something around 25th If they can find a way to scrape between 18th and 22nd in half-court offense, then you're laughing. That is huge. That's going to be a huge boon to them because I do think their transition attack is going to be awesome. And I think this really stands a chance of kind of lifting up what will be a pretty bad half court offense and i still think they're going to prioritize running off of misses i think they're going to prioritize transition but it'll be in a different way than they did last year where again it was very sort of manufactured and gimmicky in like okay let's just go produce as many steals as we can let's produce a historic number of steals and score off of those i think it's going to be more running off of rebounds in this case and sort of forcing teams into misses that you can then turn into quick offense and i do think that the loss of Fred Van Vliet will actually very much help the transition attack of this team because Fred Van Vliet, for all the good he did, was a miserable transition operator. Just really, really bad, would just kind of drive into the teeth of the defense, try to score over guys too big, you know, too much, too much size for him to do it over. Um, you know, not looking enough to spray it out. I think Scotty and Pascal as the sort of orchestrators of this transition attack OG to an extent as well, but mostly Scotty and Pascal, like we saw at the peak of the, you know, 2021, 20, 22 season in that second half where they, you know, cruised through the Eastern conference to the second best record behind Boston in the last 50 games. That was all Pascal and Scotty just demolishing teams on the run and those guys are special in the open floor i think that's going to be where a lot of their bread gets buttered this season and so while i think the half court offense is going to be in the bottom five or so i think on a per possession basis their transition game is going to be better and i think that will help kind of uh you know alleviate the stress of having a bad half court offense they just got to do it a lot and they have to again do it more efficiently than they did last season i think they're Also going to almost assuredly be a higher turnover team, which will affect their offensive rating as well. Um, You know, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, for the last 10 years, this has been a ball security basketball team with smart point guards who don't turn the ball over. And Darko Ryakovich has talked about not necessarily thinking that turnovers are a bad thing, but if you're turning it over more often, that's more possessions that are leading to zero points per possession, that's going to drag down the offensive rating as well. All of that considered... I think this team is going to be maybe better than somewhat paint. Uh, I think there's some folks out there who would say this is going to be like a bottom five offense overall. I do not think that. I think there's too much talent here. I think the transition game is going to be too good. I'm picking 19th on offense for the Raptors as my in-stone prediction as of right now. 19th feels about right. I, I think, again, the transition game will help buoy what should be a pretty... Not very productive half-court offense, but again, a better one to watch, one that's more aesthetically pleasing and more enjoyable. You know, we'll see how much that lasts, how much the the good feelings of watching a, a, a sort of revolutionized offense carry over if it doesn't lead to a lot of points. But for now, I'm excited to watch them play a little bit more of a creative style on the offensive end, even if I think there are fewer sort of obvious fallback set actions they can go to to produce themselves easy points. 19th on offense. Uh, again, if I'm right, congratulate me. If I'm wrong, I will forget I made this prediction by the time we re- finish recording the show. Uh, we'll come back on the other side, close it out with a look at the overall net rating and where the Raptors might come out, and sort of the record and how would this all will inform the record as well. We'll do that momentarily. But first, gotta tell you the Locked On Leafs. Go check out our buds Mike and Dave talking about the buds over on Locked On Leafs each and every day. They're going to be interesting this year. They're going to score a ton. They're going to give up a lot of goals, probably very talented roster could very well go do the thing, but of course it's the Leafs. So uh, disaster waits around every corner. Go listen to lockdown lease with Mike and Dave, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, let's round it out with a look at where I kind of think the Raptors will slot in net rating wise. again, extremely hard to pick this it's very difficult there's a lot of uh, relativity at play um what other teams are doing is going to inform this more than what the raptors are even doing um like i kind of mentioned you know their offense got better on a per possession basis after the yak trade but they got worse in offense like it's very much dependent on the rest of the league and the league trends and stuff like that um like i said though i do think the interplay between the offense and defense is going to be a lot more balanced this season and i think that is a pretty good way to start. I think that's going to be conducive to a healthier style of basketball where you're not having to compromise so much. You're not having to give up so much in order to just kind of try to fuel your offense, which is so moribund. I think the depth of the roster as well is a big thing here. Like, A, they're going to run more guys. Um, they're going to have fresher legs. They're going to be able to, again, if they're not sort of flying around on defense all the time, I think there will be some energy conservation and all that. Um, and I think just the variable lineup choices that Dark Ariakovich is going to have are going to be helpful. they are going to be fewer spells where the Raptors are rolling out lineups that simply have no shot of scoring points. And, you know, we're we're not going to see as many of those stretches where it's like, all right, can we win this four-minute stretch two to one or whatever? They're going to actually have, you know, shooting and space and, you know, I think some offensive talent on the floor at basically all times. You know, there will be better lineups than others, of course. Frankly, I kind of think the starting lineup with Dennis Schroeder stands a chance of being one of those lineups that has a hard time scoring because of the lack of spacing and shooting. Um, But overall, I I think they have more lineup variability, different looks they can go to, more ways to sort of put teams on the back foot, whether it's going big, whether it's going small with, you know, a Scotty Barnes at the five or something like that. I think there's a lot of potential there for, uh, you know, the bench lineups of this team to be a lot better and to kind of carry the offensive you know just not even just the offense i think the defense will stand up pretty well on on the bench side as well um i think the bench units will help carry this team to a bit of a a more promising overall net rating i don't think they're going to have a lineup like they had last year, where it was such a core lineup with Yaka Pertle where they just bludgeoned teams when they were on the floor by, you know, double digit points per 100 possessions. It's hard to do that. Those are the very best lineups in basketball. That was the Raptors starting five with Yak last year. It was one of the best lineups in basketball. I don't think they'll have a core lineup that's that potent, but I think they'll have more lineups that don't actively stink, which is nice. Um, you know, I think... We'll probably see as well, though, a bit of a drawback because last year the Raptors ran essentially a playoff rotation every night, and that, I think, inflated their net rating. They finished with a plus 1.5 net rating last season. It was good for 12th in the NBA. I think... As a whole, you know, that's like a 45 win teams net rating. I don't think they were really a 45 win team. I think they manufactured that net rating by playing their best players a ton. And it's just not tenable to do over the course of 82 games. We saw that, Um, you know, it, it saps your development, it saps your energy, it saps a whole lot of stuff. And so while they were a 41 and 41 team with a net rating of a 45-ish win team i think again you know we'll probably see that net rating scale back a little bit just because they're not going to roll those sort of starter heavy heavy lineups all the time um the bench lineups like i said i think will be pretty good but i don't think they'll be like so amazing that they net this thing out to a 45 win team's net rating necessarily I think the defense is going to give them a high floor. Like I certainly would hit the over on 36 and a half wins. If you're the type of person who bets money on basketball over unders, Um, you know, I I think we know also though, from recent history, that offense is more of a driving factor of success in the regular season than defense, at least in the last few years, it's tilted that way. And so I think there will be a ceiling on this team in the regular season as well. All told, I think they probably come in with a net rating in the upper half of the league, somewhere between 12th and 15th. I think it'll be a positive net rating, but I don't think it'll be by, like, a ton. I think their ultimate win total is also going to be, you know, less tied to the net rating and more tied to how they perform in sort of variance-based situations. You know, three-point shooting luck is one, but also clutch performances, which they were brutal at last season. We'll see if they can find some sort of clutch offense this season. I do think... With the way the the roster's set up, I I think they stand a chance of maybe kind of not being so good in the clutch again this year, just because it's going to be hard for them to manufacture offense when teams are really dialed in, when the lack of spacing is cramping up the floor and making it difficult to get to the spots you want to get to. And so I could see this team kind of giving some back as a clutch team, even if their overall net rating is sort of a little bit better. Um, So with all that, you know, I kind of think I'd pick them in the ballpark, Similar to last season, a touch worse. I think somewhere between like a plus 0.8 and a plus 1.2 net rating and a record probably quite similar to last year, maybe like a 43 and 39, maybe a 42 and 40. Um, You know, we'll see. Again, I think that defense is going to be really good. It's all going to come down to clutch stuff. And, you know, they could easily go 37 and 45 if the clutch performance is really, really bad. But I do think we'll see them kind of net out to a net rating that's pretty close to what their record will end up being. When you kind of factor in all the stuff we've gone through today, there's a million factors that go into this, all these different variables. So it's, again, impossible to predict, but 0.8 to plus 1.2, kind of the range I'd expect, you know, 14th in the league, something like that. Um, And then, yeah, right around 500, maybe they get a little bit better, 43, 39, if you get some shooting luck, stuff like that. The thing is, that would be an improvement. No doubt it would be a step up if the defense is like elite and the offense gets by and they end up being around 500, you know, put a couple extra wins on the board. I think you'd qualify that as an improvement over last season, but is it enough improvement to give the front office the clarity it seems to be looking for when it comes to the futures of the very important players on the team like Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi? You know, that I'm not so sure about. Does an extra two wins really change your life if you're the front office and you you have ownership breathing down your neck and looking for more? Is that enough to say, all right, this is enough to, you know, give Pascal the, all the money? Is this enough to want to give OG Ananobi 35 to $40 million a year next summer? Because that's probably what's going to take if you don't want him to go walk to some other team that throws him a massive offer, um, you know? it's probably going to be determined on the individual player level. Like how does Pascal Siakam look within the construct of this team, maybe less tied to the record, but I do think, you know, it'll be better, but how much better and how much better does it have to be to really give the front office the clarity it wants? That to me is kind of the big overarching question hanging over this whole thing. Um, but again, offense, I think will be better to look at and the transition will be a ton of fun. The half court could be a pretty big slog, and I think you know it'll also get better as the season goes along. This is what happens, right? I, I think, you know, you you kind of get more accustomed to the scheme. You get more comfortable playing with one another. The offense will uptick. But that happens for basically every team, as I kind of covered earlier. Every team's offense gets better as the season goes along. Um, but again, I think the process could get a little smoother and all this stuff. And they'll figure some stuff out, get creative. They'll have counters they'll work in, all of that. But again, I think the offense stands to be the thing that kind of drags this team down a little bit. Um, it'll be more fun to watch. Probably not as potent as last year because I think they got a little bit lucky in terms of where they finished. Again, they were one clunker away from not being the 12th best offense in basketball. So, with all that, I, uh, you know, again, the defense is where this team is going to hang its hat. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited to watch that. Overall, I think this team, you know, I think I'm coming around on them being a plus 500 team and being in the sort of upper crust of the play-in conversation more than I was maybe a month or two ago because um, of that defense. I really think it's going to be awesome, but we'll see. There's uh, obviously other teams to improve in the Eastern Conference as well. Maybe we take the Charlotte Hornets, that uh, totally rudderless bad franchise off the board. Maybe we take the Wizards, obviously, off the board. The Magic, I think, are maybe a year away. The Pistons are going to be bad. Like, the Raptors are going to be in the plan. I feel, like, pretty confident about that at minimum. Um, Their upward mobility, I think it will come down to that offense and how much they can kind of smooth things out and how much they allow themselves to dip back into Pascal, please save us as sort of an offensive philosophy because that can produce points. We know that, even if it's not the sexiest way of doing it. Anyway... That'll leave it for today. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. We'll be back again next week uh, as we continue our uh, tee-up of the season. We're less than two weeks away now. It's very exciting. There's a game against Cairns on Sunday. That'll be fun. Probably not all that informative as it's against an Australian team, and we'll see what we can kind of pull away as takeaways from it. But excited to see that. A few more play or preseason games next week as well to dig into. Looking forward to all that. We will have our over-under special with Vivek and Sahal coming up soon. We're going to have an episode very soon as well with Joseph Cacharo of The Score doing some bold predictions. We'll have all sorts of great stuff on tap before the season begins. But until then, thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, tell a friend. Love you very much for supporting the show, for being an everydayer. And we will talk to you again on Monday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Join the Discord. Link in the description, as always. That's fun, too. Tell a friend, et cetera, et cetera. Have a lovely weekend. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye.